everybody, it's the Hoopercast. Thanks for listening to the show. It's a Wednesday night, and I'm feeling just right. Um, phone number 251-333-8732 if you want to leave a voicemail to Google Voice. Be the first. You would definitely be the first. Uh, Hoopercast at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, Facebook.com slash Hoopercast is the Facebook page. And uh, yeah, hey, everybody, it's Connor. Welcome Welcome to the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Welcome also, Dustin and Kellen, too. Hello, hey. gentlemen. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. I just ate a square meal. Oh, there you Shaped go. Shaped as a square or like balanced? Did, did you eat a brownie? <laughs> <laughs> did you have one of those square salmon like I used to eat? No, I got a bento box. Actually, no, I didn't. I got a... <laughs> It was, just be, chick- that, it was chicken and couscous, if it really matters. That would be I a had a sport. round meal. I had a pizza. <laughs> Although the round was cut into triangles. Blowing my brain. I had a rhombus meal. <laughs> Trapezoid. <laughs> it was great. It was it's yummy. octagonal. <laughs> Let's do math today on the show. <laughs> it's geometry. Um, Get it right. God. We're ah. talking about some movies tonight, of course, for roughly an hour so. Oh, God, you know what I didn't do at all is pull up some box office mojo. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> that would help. I didn't either, so now I've got it. We're good. Okay, you've got it, Dustin. Um, okay, you're going to have to steer on, on box office uh, uh, stuff today because I I my stuff's not open. I got gotcha. you. All right, cool. Okay, so this past weekend, movies were really... Wait, did stuff come out this weekend? It's January. I'm guessing not, but... Yeah, there was there were a few things that came out this week. Uh, most notably, the upside, which oh, um, yes. which took the number one spot away from Aquaman. Now in its fourth week, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it dethroned the King of Atlantis. Oh. Um, and that's what every that's what every article is going to say. Come on, and especially because um, Brian Cranston sits on his own throne. Yes, the throne being a wheelchair. Oh, I thought you were going to make a Breaking Bad reference. No, I, I just... All hell the king, and then you didn't. No. No, okay. I, I pointed out his disability. <laughs> his fake disability his that fake he's probably going to get an award for, because every time every time someone's playing a disabled person in a movie, they get an award. It's true. Instead of, you know, casting a dis- that same disability actor or something. Correct. Yeah. Sean Correct. Penn, I am Sam. <laughs> yes. We are not going to go over that monologue. <laughs> no, we, no, we are not. But uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely. Um, although it's weird because it's like Oscar bait, but it's also a January movie. So, but it took number one. What did it make, Dustin? Yeah. How much did it bring in? So it made twenty million this weekend, okay. um, and uh, had a budget of thirty-seven million. So it, I'm sure it'll it'll make its you know turn a profit in time. Um, but uh, but yeah, Aquaman is now up at two hundred eighty-seven million domestically, and then number three this weekend was um, another new release, A Dog's Way Home, which is from Sony. Um, it made eleven million um, off a budget of eighteen million, and um, I'm not sure what kind of legs that'll have. Those dog movies are like a dime a dozen but um i will say i will say i'm not gonna see that movie but in the preview for it the, like the puppy version of the dog like looks at the camera and just did this little like with his mouth is the cutest <laughs> it's one of the cutest things i've ever seen like I, I was like i would pay i won't pay 12 dollars to go see that whole movie but if you gave me like just that four minutes that he's a puppy and i'd pay about five dollars for that 
Okay, that sounds good. When you said he looks at the camera and does that, my first thought was like he does a Jim Halpert. Yeah. <laughs> no, he like pops out of like a like a box or something and he goes like. <laughs> it's really cute. Anyway, uh, number four, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is in its fifth week. Um, It scored nine million this weekend, um, bringing its total up to 147. And then Escape Room is number five. Mm. And I saw Spider-Man Sunday. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is really good. Yeah, it is. uh, It's the most fun I've had with a superhero movie since I thought the MCU movie started getting stale around like, I don't know, phase three, two, two or three. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all right. A dissenting voice on the podcast. I don't like it when people come on and disagree with me. (laughs) That was a legit gasp. It was. He's pearl clutching. (laughs) It's well, these headphones are the color of pearl, so I'm clutching them. But okay. um, What's opening this weekend, Dustin? Glass. Um, Yeah. Give me one sec. Hold up. Um, cause, cause, you know, again, it's January. There's not too much. There might be like one notable release every weekend, but I only would say the upside's notable because they marketed the hell out of it. So, yeah, sure. I mean, I was listening to the Dan Patrick show and Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston both came on as guests. Yep. Yep. Um, so this place. weekend, uh, M night Shyamalan's new film glass comes out. Ooh. Um, so we'll see how that does. Um, I, I'm, I've been hearing some not so great reviews for as it. So, um, so we'll see, but you know what? I, I really dig unbreakable and I really dig split. So, um, so I'll check s- it out. I never saw split. Um, the, I had the whole, um, twist at the end spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not really a spoiler. It's basically if they had just, approach that as a sequel the whole time i honestly think more people would have seen it i would have seen it i i think so too yeah. and, and and especially now that glass is out like the the secret's out of the bag if you haven't seen split it, it is kind of spoiled yeah. for you just, just by the fact that there's another film it makes you think of like how the studio or at least the distributor who everybody along those lines would be okay with that decision on a creative level yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, it, it's almost like M. Night was like, oh, crap, I have to have a twist. Like, they're going to expect it. What do I do? Quick, call Bruce. Um, uh, Kellen, come up on your volume just a little bit. You can come okay. back up just a tad. Um, yeah. How no, is I, this? That sounds fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I liked Split um, just fine. I mean, I didn't need it to be... Um, you know, an unbreakable sequel or pre whatever in between, in betweenquel. But, um, yes. but I, you know, I, I, it, it's fine, I guess. I thought, I, I thought unbreakable was, was okay. It was one of the, like, yeah. I, I, a lot of people told me it was great. And I was like, I'm, I'm so I finally watched it. And it's one of those movies that's just like, it's like, a slow burn. I, I'm well, okay. So with, I'm okay with this, with this, with this things happening now where, I am okay with not liking a classic movie because a lot of the enjoyment of a lot of movies for me is just the the context into which I watched them. And so for most people like who saw Unbreakable at the time, that was like superhero movies were barely a thing. And so it was still, they weren't, they weren't serious. Like, yeah, yeah, the the approach wasn't imagine if this was happening in real life, it's always these dudes are in suits flying around and they have powers. Right. Yeah, like I think yeah. that came out in what two thousand two. I think it was like two thousand one yeah, or something. It, yeah, one or two, something like when that. When was yeah, like, what was that? Like Sp- Spider Man, uh, Spider- the second Spider Man had been out, right? The first uh, Spider Man was oh two. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was just the first one, I believe, at that yeah. point. Yeah. So I mean, p- look at that contrast. You got you oh, know, yeah. Spidey zipping around making quips as Tobey Maguire's a little goofball, and then you got Bruce Willis with his kid. Uh, spoilers: kid pointing a gun at him, saying, "You, you know, this won't kill you. You're a superhero." Right, right. It, it was it was definitely a more mature take when the genre hadn't quite decided it could be that yet. Yeah. I mean, anyway, in, in, in a way, this is a timely like you know release when you know as a commentary on superhero films themselves it's a little strange that samuel jackson is in both glass and the marvel (laughs) movies so right 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 you know i whatever i mean he's probably just like sure i'll come back i mean why Mm -hmm. that'd be stupid but but like um again like like you said dustin the, the reception to this has kind of been lukewarm so maybe it's because maybe it's comic book movie fans who are sort of mad at it maybe it's not maybe i don't i'm not you know i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it, comes it out this weekend. I, yeah, it comes out this weekend. I'm sure I'll see it, and, and we'll review it at some point on the show. I'm sure. not sure if I'll see it this weekend, but I'll see it at some point. Yeah. Um. Cool. Anything else cool coming out? That that's the main big release yeah. uh, this week, and then uh, next week is the kid who would be king, um, and then and then really it just kind of drops off for a little bit um, until like the Lego Movie two. Although if Glass did premiere at number one, it would dethrone Brian Cranston's throne with Samuel L. Jackson's wheelchair throne. <laughs> yes, it would. I'm just going to into these. Let's just, let's just see how many wheelchairs we can have in yeah. the box office. Let's see how many, how many consecutive number ones involve a character in a wheelchair. <laughs> somebody somebody call, uh, call uh, Professor uh, X. Yes. Yeah. We need another X Men movie. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe the twist of the the kid who would be king is that Merlin is also Professor X, who's gone like back in time with Cerebro. I don't. Whatever. Yeah, it could be. We don't that know. fizzled out real quick. I couldn't put it together. <laughs> um, it's all good. All right, y'all want to move on to? Um, sure. Some film news. I don't really have that much. Uh, I, I talked about a lot of the stuff that's going on lately on last night's show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Netflix price hike. Um, yep. So if you know if you want to hear my opinion on that, you can go back and listen to that episode. Basically, Kellen, I don't know what you how you feel about this or Dustin. I think I know you and I are typically in step with this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. my basic opinion was that um, this was always going to happen. That, that that streaming platforms were gonna were gonna multiply and become the cable companies again, basically, and we would end we're going to end up eventually with people not licensing content to each other and everyone's going to make their own stuff and then charge more money. And we're eventually going to have to pick and choose like one or two because it'll be too expensive to have them all. Yeah. And then you're going to get like a, a sling TV version of streaming apps. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, as soon as, uh, I think it was, was it Disney? The was the first one, you know, a couple of years ago that said yeah. that they were going to yep. start theirs, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh God, we're just going to go back to having channels again." Yeah, and, and we're yeah, going to pay, and, and we're going to pay more for it than we ever did for cable. And then on Monday, Correct. NBC announced they're going to have their own. Stupid. Yeah. So Universal, all you know, if you, it's actually like a thing to where the point. I've heard multiple people say that them having a Netflix, it's a meme now that having a Netflix account is just. A lot of people's excuse to be able to just watch The Office all the time. Okay, well, yep. when NBC <laughs> doesn't renew the license to Netflix, you're not yeah. going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, what are you going to so, do with Netflix? <laughs> so I don't know what kind of conversation you guys had about it before, but um, to be honest with you, like, you know, uh, 
Uh, I'm 29 years old. I work a steady job to the point where like a couple of dollars isn't a big deal. I get that it is for a lot of people right. um, because a lot of people cut, you know, cut the cord, you know, for cable and everything to save mm-hmm. money. And they rely on these streaming services for, uh, for their entertainment. Um, so I, I think opinions are going to change based on the strata. Um, mm. And for me, I actually, as, as Netflix has gone on over the years, uh, a lot of people have complained about, you know, stuff being pulled from the catalog and stuff. But I truly think, and, it, and it's not just because I work at a company that has multiple Netflix um, productions going on. But I honestly think that, like, they've stepped up their creative content. There's, like, that South Park joke about how, like, you call Netflix and it says, hi, thanks for calling Netflix. You're already greenlit. Um, yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, like... To be honest with you, I can sit down. There, there are like six shows, Netflix original shows that uh, I'm trying to keep up with. So yeah. if, if a service is, you know, I'm paying double digits, but it's not even $20. Um, I think, what is it right now? 10? Uh, they upped it Depends to 11, 13. The yeah. hike is to 13. Didn't it like depend on when you started or something? I don't yeah. think it depends on this know. time. I think it's yeah. across the board. All the United, yeah, all is. the U.S. subscribers. Well, so right now, the only ones that I pay for are Hulu and Netflix. Um, I have an Amazon, you know, video account purely because I use Prime yeah. for yeah. Uh, shipping and stuff. But yeah. I, uh, I, I get onto HBO when I have a show that I want to watch on it, and then I quickly cancel it because, to be yeah. honest with you, HBO costing what it does for just one television networks like amount of content is yeah. ludicrous so yeah right we're, we're, and we're renewing ours when game of thrones comes back yeah and then turning it off and then i'll yeah. binge silicon valley and anything that i you know yeah want. oh true and, and like true detective yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i'll just basically not leave my house for about i guess the entire airing yeah. length of game of thrones during that time i only watch movies that are on hbo and shows that are on hbo because i'm only gonna have it for like two months yeah um yeah yeah, but anyway, so what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I'm I I, I agree. I think um, I, I think it's a huge step backwards. But at the same time, like I, I 100% understand what's going on. Um, I I do have like Kellen. I've got Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime, um, and 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 I realize that. Um, that's a pretty hefty kind of chunk of change to pay for all of that. But at the same time too, um, I'm splitting the cost of a couple of those and, um, and, and it makes it a little more enjoyable. However, I did also hear, um, that Netflix was working on a piece of technology that would, uh, figure out if you were sharing your password, um, and would put an end to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Why they have, they have separate accounts for a reason. Correct. I don't understand the idea behind that other than to them, it's, it's less dollars that they could be making. Um, But I think it was mainly targeted at people who were selling their passwords online for money because then they're, then they're truly taking money from the company. But oh, I, exactly. so they're paying for it and then charging and couple, then people a couple of bucks for access. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I don't know who buys them online. Yep. Why, instead of just creating their own account, I guess. That's I don't so know, people weird. Are, I, it's weird, but people are doing it apparently. But I had the same knee jerk yep. reaction, which was, uh, okay, um, we have multiple profiles. What if I, I mean, my wife and I share an account. We each have to pay for our own separate one. Yeah. Right. Like how would they, you know? I, yeah, I share it with my sister who, um, you know, she doesn't work, uh, she doesn't make a ton of money at her job yeah. and, you know, she's living on her own and, 
I, I was just like, Ashlyn, cancel your Netflix, cancel your Hulu. Who's here's yeah. my information? Yeah, right. So if somebody and, and messes I think that's with that. Pretty that's, standard. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's pretty standard. I think a lot of people are doing that. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it's it's definitely more directed at those who are actually making money from this as like a you know a little side hustle. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I, I don't know how that'll roll out, and I don't know what the technology will look like. Um, I, I, as I understand, it's still sort of in the early stages, but. Um, um, but yeah, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but again, you know, I think w- what's eventually going to happen is, um, Netflix is going to see a drop in, in membership. Um, and, and that may happen here at the price hike. Um, but you know, eventually it will happen. And when that happens, and that may be, you know, at the point of oversaturation when there is Disney and NBC and CBS All Access and, and all of these things that we're subscribing to, something's going to have to give. Yeah. Um, and, and it may very well be whatever's most expensive. And if Netflix is out there saying, look, we we are the most expensive because we also have the best content, um you know, I think that's going to be a hard thing for some people who are strapped for cash to justify. Um, and and when you can always just call your buddy and say, hey, man, like, can I borrow your password so I can watch Stranger Things season seven? Then it's like, sure. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I do think there will be a drop off at some point. And at that point, there will be some restructuring happening. But um, we're, we're a good ways off from that. I think it'll yeah, be I when, actually, when they actually when Disney launches theirs and and I thought they already did. Know, well, when they not quite, they've uh-huh. announced it, um, but they haven't like launched it and been like, hey, here we, don't, we still don't know what it's going to cost yep. um, on I, theirs. So I think when they announce price and like a start date. I think that's when you'll see people jumping off their Netflix accounts when they. Well, see- I think especially families are going to move to Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah, families with young kids are going to move to Disney if they have to. You know, drop one, they'll drop Netflix. Um, but you know, there again, there may be some families who are able to swing both. I, personally, like let's say I can only afford two services, we'd have Amazon Prime and Disney because Disney is going to have a lot of the stuff that we watch, and we have the Prime account for shipping. You know, I I feel like Amazon of everyone in this game can just sit there and do whatever they want because because people aren't paying Prime for the video exactly right exactly they're not dependent on the on the streaming thing they're the biggest company in the world they don't they could they could run Amazon um, Prime Instant Video for zero profit and still stay in the game because they make so much money from from just their regular everything else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like they they can kind of just be like, eh, we'll just sit here, you know, the equivalent of seven ninety nine a month, and while everyone else jacks up their prices, we'll just kind of hang out and retain right. subscribers. Because yeah, I think exactly. that Netflix, the article I read was that Netflix had like six billion dollars in debt last year or something. Now they have like something like over eight, and so mm-hmm. they have a lot that they need to they need to make some cash. And I think simultaneously they've realized we have a whole lot of the market already signed up for Netflix. So the, what we need to do now is tighten up on people sharing accounts and we need to hike up the subscription price. Yep. So I think think it'll bite them in the butt. Yeah. I I would also think they probably are going to swing their, their um, original content to, you know, things that are cheap or not cheaper. I should say lower budget, like comedies and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like, right. uh, like I watched, did you ever watch any of you watch the, um, oh, uh, altered carbon? No, no, I didn't. So that was a, that was a super duper expensive, extremely high, um, uh, um, 
budget looking sci-fi show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it and I was like, the amount of enjoyment, uh, sorry, the amount of enjoyment that I'm getting from this compared to how much like this thing costs, like, th- and it's so niche. I couldn't believe that they put that much money into it. So yeah. I just think they're going to get a bit smarter and probably do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not, not put out so much stuff and kind of research it a bit better. But yeah, um, on the flip side of it, uh, honestly, like Disney's huge. I get that they own so many properties and so many subsidiaries and stuff that they can obviously have their own like content for platform. But I think it's like such a point of hubris for individual broadcast networks to think that like people are going to shell out bucks for like how many shows do you watch on one network on any, at any given moment? <sighs> like. I watch I watch the Brooklyn Nine 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 uh, Nine Nine on NBC now that it's restarted. Right. Um, I don't. Oh, and then I watch the, uh, the Good Place. The Good Place is a good show. And I, I would I never ever pay a subscription for one of those channels' streaming service. Right. And I don't catch up on like I don't keep up on anything except for Better Call Saul. It's the only thing that I watch. And, and what I do with that is I buy the episodes on Amazon, um, you know, the day after they air. Yeah. Um, and that's how I keep up with that. And everything else I binge watch when the entire season's available. Yeah. Um, so so, you know, I, I don't see. I don't see the the benefit of paying, you know, whoever, whatever. It's just like, you know, I'll I'll catch up when I catch up. Um, so I'm not I'm not as much as I love movies and as much as I love TVs and you uh, TVs at uh, TV <laughs> and you you would think I'm talking like I'm 80 and uh, you would think I would be right in the demographic for that. But at the same time, I'm. I'm also trying to be practical and say, yeah, but I'm not going to pay a billion different people a billion different prices so that I can keep up on all my shows. Like I'll just watch them when I get to them. Yeah. And, and, and because for me, there's, there's very little in terms of incentive to stay current on a show. Yeah. For me, the only thing that incentivizes me is to uh, not be spoiled. And so, and so that for me, better call Saul is the only thing that's really worth that. Um, and, and yeah, I just don't, I just don't see, I, I don't ever see myself saying, okay, guys, we, we've got to pay for NBC. We've got to pay for CW. We got to pay for whatever. Like I'm, I'm just not going to be that person yeah. um, as much of a film buff as I am. Um, so, so if I can't, if I won't do it, like I certainly can't imagine like the, the layman doing that, like, you know, my parents or, or whatever, like that's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Think of how many people like, have Roku's for all this stuff, and they don't even know how to use their Roku. Oh my god! My, my parents, calls me like my once parents. A week. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh. So then, like, throw a bunch of subscription services at them. What's my password for that again? Oh, you wrote it in the notebook. Right. Exactly. Notebook. <laughs> which which one was the new Star Trek on? Yeah. Go see a yeah. Star War. Um, Go see a Star War. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh. All right. Um. What was what else happened? Uh, there's the c- crap. Uh, no, we don't have time to talk about that. I um, no, another time. Um, I do want to get people's opinion on this, Dustin, especially yours. The okay. there's an announcement today that Disney is working on a live action adaptation of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. Okay. Um, and um, 
it's gonna. I mean, the article says based on the uh, based on the Victor Hugo novel. So I don't know if this is gonna be like a Andy Serkis Jungle Book type thing where he's like, no, no, yeah. no we're adapting the Rudyard the Kipling book, book or yeah. or what. But um, I was like, wow, they're gonna have to like CG Quasimodo. Like he'll he'll look truly hideous <laughs> in live action. Well, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna cast somebody hideous. Well, you no, know well, it's gonna be yeah. Well, yeah. The article said so. Um, it's going to be written by Tony Award-winning playwright David Henry Huang. I know. Okay. To write, it's okay. Uh, to write this, uh, <laughs> to write this live-action hunchback movie based on the novel. Music is being handled by Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz, with mm-hmm. Josh Gad also serving as producer on the film. Uh, word is that Gad could be up to play the lead character of Quasimodo, but officially Disney has not announced anything on the casting yet. Um, obviously, Stephen Schwartz winning three Oscars for the Prince of Egypt, Pocahontas and the original score for the hunchback. Um, and then Al Minkin, of course we know how good Al Minkin is. So, um, my wife, when I told this to her, she said like, uh, I think it's gonna be hard to beat the music for the original, but seeing as the people are involved, it's possible. Um, so I don't know if this will be like, you know, the jungle book or presumably the lion King where it's just going to be like a shot for shot live action adaptation or whether they're going to, try and go bolder with it or, or what? Um, I don't know why Josh Gad is, is Disney's guy right now. I don't think he'd be, he wouldn't be a terrible choice for Quasimodo. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this really at all. I'm still not sure how I feel about the live action adaptations. Well, I'll, I'll default to the same thing that I've always said, which is the fact that they're making live action versions of their animated films. And, and, you know, again, presumably maybe this is based on a book, but let's just assume for the sake of argument, that this is sort of like a, a retelling of their own animated version um, that the, the very existence of these live action things invalidates the actual like legitimacy of the animated features um, like as if Lion King isn't legitimate until it looks real as if Mulan isn't legitimate until it's played by real people and that to me is a complete betrayal of everything that Disney stood for and everything that 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 Walt pioneered um, and it's also a betrayal of, a, of an entire art form and um, and so to me I can't get behind on principle I can't get excited for the fact that there's a Dumbo movie because I'm like but there already was a Dumbo movie mm-hmm. I don't need another Dumbo movie and I don't even care if this one's better or worse the fact is the original is a classic film and to remake it sort of the, the implication is that oh the animated version doesn't matter and animation isn't real. And and that to me couldn't be farther from the truth. So so on principle, I can't get behind it. Um, however, I also, you know, I didn't know this news until you told me. So this is a knee jerk reaction. But I'm one of the few people, I guess, that I just genuinely don't like the Hunchback of Notre Dame period at all ever. Um, so like I saw that when I was a kid. I saw it once. I don't care. Um, and so for me, if they remake it, whatever, no, no skin off my nose. But what I will say is like just as a as an actual, you know, like foundation point um i can't get behind redoing an animated film to make it appear real and and as if that's supposed to legitimize it um that's that's ridiculous so well i mean i literally am in 2d animation that is my livelihood yes yes so 
My opinion is is the, similar to yours, but stronger. But I will reserve my words because you don't. I don't want to rant about it. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of what I see it as is is. I get real jaded about like you know what big wigs, uh, you know executives do to to manhandle mm-hmm. an industry to what they think it should be. And Mm -hmm. telling an audience what they should like instead of listening to an audience. I don't know. Um, I take it to the next level where actually I think about kids and their mentality. They're not as discerning and like stuck up as, 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 you know, other viewers are. And I think it's just really insulting to children uh, to think that you can't put them in front of that stuff and have them like the originals which is i just think it's asinine because there's so many things that i watched um on vhs as a kid that i had no idea came out 20 years before i was born um i remember i remember thinking um i remember thinking oliver and company was a new movie when i saw (laughs) it and and i was i didn't know who billy joel was i didn't know you know any of this stuff um i just think it's really short-sighted um, it's going back to the well that you've already, I, I'm trying to, you know, metaphors are failing me, but I, don't sure, know, sure. I just think it's really disheartening one, because it, it, it is a big middle finger to what I've chosen to do with my life, mm. uh, as a medium. Yep. Um, and, uh, actually it's not a medium. If you talk to animators, uh, yeah. animation is film. It's just, yep. it's, it is. yeah. So anyway, uh, I I scoffed at the Jungle Book one. Um, yep. If if it really was going back to you know Red, your, uh, the Rudyard Kipling book as a source material, I mean that's that's fine. Like that's not to say that because one interpretation of that was animation, meaning they all have to be. Um, yep. But like when you get into ones where like the Lion King was straight up, you know, say what you will about copying from like Kimba the White yeah, Lion. Sure. Um, right. That was a Disney. That was a Disney. Well, yeah, yeah. That was a Disney original yeah. to the point where that is just like, oh, that's a cash grab. They don't trust yep. like children as an audience to like animation anymore because they don't even do it well anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I said I wasn't going to talk a lot about it. Basically, everything yeah. Dustin said, but an added tinge of personal scorn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love personal scorn. Yeah, I got right. lots of it. That, right. That's our brand here on the Hoopercast is personal there you scorn. Go. Right. right. And and you know. It, I'll, I'll add to that, like, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Disney's The Jungle Book. Um, it, they used to do their re-releases mm-hmm. every so often. Um, so that was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. And I had no idea that that movie came out, like, when my dad was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that. I had no concept of that. Um, that, to me, was a new movie. And and it was beautiful, and I loved every freaking second of it. Right. And still to this day, if I put it in, like that animation is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and so there's no, uh, if it's actual art, no amount of aging removes the artistic integrity. Yeah. Um, the only thing that it, can it, happen is like social. Uh, commentary in the movies exactly. might, might not hold up you know there's a lot of well, like Dumbo is a good right. example of that oh yeah right. yeah I was gonna bring that up it, it uh, you know one reason to remake these is that social attitudes have changed or you know like the movies themselves have come under fire for years for sure you know what's now considered you know an, an unacceptable portrayal of you know a particular mm-hmm. group of people sure 
Yeah, you will not but see then, any crows then, in this new Dumbo movie. You, but, you say but that, and that's a legitimate—that's yeah. a legitimate point. But then you're like, "Well, wait!" But one of the biggest examples of this having happened is the Lion King. Like, the hell happened yeah. in the Lion King that was so upsetting to, you know, like right? I, so exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's lazy. I, I, even, I think it's I can't lazy. Even think of a joke reason. Right. No, it, it, the whole thing's a cash grab. Um, yeah. and, 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 and I don't even like care that it's a cash grab because like, I understand that Disney is just out to make money. Like I get that mm-hmm. they're a business. It makes sense. But at the end of the day, um, like, why would I treat that with the same level of artistic integrity that I would the original Lion King? I, I, I can't. And, and, and because, because it has, it doesn't have the integrity that the original had. And you can say all you want, like, oh, but like, James Earl Jones and Elton John are back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, great, but I don't care. Like, and to me, this is, you know, me personally throwing in my own presuppositions, but, but the Lion King to me is a, is, is a darn near perfect movie. Yeah. Um, and so, and so I just don't understand what you can add to it that would make it better. And, and the movie's already trim. Like the only thing you can do is pad it. But why would you pat it if it's already trim and taut as is? And so the, the whole thing just aggravates me. But um, yeah, uh, whatever. I'll cap this off with uh, with an observation I made a couple of um, couple of daily episodes ago, um, and this ties into the, the, you know another piece of current news that we were talking that, that I've brought up um, on this show about uh, Skydance hiring John Lasseter, mm. um, and so this particular point of view for me was in the context of that. Um, and it, and it applies to this, this, these cynical cash grabs as well. Um, I, 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 I like business. It's free country. I like people. I like people going after their, you know, making their money, whatever they want to, but businesses are not people and they're not your friend. They don't care about you. They just want to make money every now and then stuff. that business does, um, has a friendly face like uh, condemning the hiring of someone who's 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 been accused of doing bad things at, in the workplace or um, making a movie with an evolved social point of view. But those are just the nice PR reasons for making decisions that are purely based on money. Yeah. And people need to remember as much as we like Disney and we like the stuff they make when it came down to making the money or or doing the right thing. It's probably going to be about the money. It's only about doing yeah. the right thing or doing the hip thing in as much as the hip thing is profitable. Yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. either, you know, rummaging through your pockets or asking you to empty them. They're not trying to be your friend. Right. They're not, right. they're not your friend. They are strangers with candy. Yeah. Yes. And sometimes you go, well, maybe Over the candy's <laughs> worth. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right. How about this? Let's, uh, let, no, you're fine. <laughs> You're fine. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. It's an apt analogy. I mean, I, it, it is, is, but I blame the sketch. Uh, yeah, well, well, how sure. about this? We're, I was going to do this anyway. Um, let's take a break real quick. Back with more and actual movies uh, on the Hoopercast Movie Hour. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Hey, everybody. Hoopercast Movie Hour talking about Upgrade. First up. Tonight, uh, continue our theme of wheelchairs, by the way. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> um, Kel- Dustin, did you see Upgrade? No, I have not seen this. All right, so this is me and Kellen then. Um, Kellen, you saw this a while back. I watched this this morning. 
Oh, God, no. I saw this in theaters, probably opening weekend. Okay, so this uh, well, this was early 2018, wasn't it? I think it was spring or early summer, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was summer. Well, this is uh, written and directed by Lee Wanell. What else has Lee Wanell done? That that name feels familiar, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, well, it's a it's uh, okay. Well, anyway, it's a movie starring Logan Marshall Green. If you don't know who that is, he's the guy from uh, Prometheus who looks kind of like Tom Hardy. He looks um, exactly mm-hmm. like Tom Hardy. <laughs> yes. When <laughs> when my buddy was like, "Hey, do you want to go see Upgrade?" and I was like, "Oh, isn't that isn't that." The Tom Hardy movie where he, he gets like an implant. He's like, I mean, yes, it's a movie with a guy getting an implant, but it is not Tom Hardy. I was like, that is some baloney. Yes, it is. Somebody somebody compared this to, to Venom and the, a, a person who looks like Tom Hardy is being controlled by a stronger entity <laughs> and talking to it the whole time. <laughs> that's not that's um, not bad. It's uh, it takes place in an unspecified uh, future or alternate present where um where technology has, has advanced, there's autonomous vehicles, but largely the biggest piece of technical um, advancement is, is, is um, mechanical and computer implants in people. People are basically cyborgs. cyborgs. It's, it's a normal thing yeah. to have some sort of um, um, digital prosthesis uh, in this future. And his character, God, what's his freaking name? I forgot it. Gray. Gray. Um, Gray is a pretty old school. He's the token old school guy in, in the, in a futuristic movie where he doesn't trust machines. He doesn't have any implants or anything like that. He's fixing his like, like roadster car in the garage. Yeah. He's fixing it. Yeah, exactly. His, his gas vehicle, um, with no computers or trackers in it. And, um, Life is pretty cool for him. It's it, I, feel, I felt like it wasn't because like the, one of the first things he does is like drink a beer and open his garage and it's daytime. And I swear to God, I thought it was morning because they had like birds chirping. And <laughs> it wasn't until later where I'm sure it was a test audience note where they said evening forecast is this that just to specify like was it clear that it was after working hours that he was drinking. Um, I just sorry, it's just something I noticed anyway because because I, I had the impression for like the first five minutes that he was like a loser. Um, yeah, and then his hot wife comes home to his like mansion of a house. Yeah, exactly. And I was yeah. like, oh no. And then they mentioned evening forecast. Like, oh okay, he's probably just out of work, or he 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 recently. They didn't really specify why he is at home. But anyway, his wife's like at six festival. They're doing fine money wise, and everything's great, and they love each other, and it's cool. Um, and he he basically, you know, he, he, he was fixing up the car for this rich guy who lives upstate or something. And on the way back, um, something happens to their autonomous, to their, to their, to their, uh, autopilot in the car, car crashes. And these dudes just show up, murder his wife and paralyze him. And, um, three months later, they haven't caught the people. They don't know who did it. Um, they have figured out a way to mask their identities from these police drones that fly around, so despite constant surveillance and a whole bunch of tracking technology in this future, um, surprise, surprise, people find a way around it. Um, so he goes off. He, you know, he, he's a quadriplegic now, the, you know, the wheelchair reference. Um, and yeah. uh, um, he gets this implant on his spine called stem that allows him to move his limbs again, but he can't tell anybody about it. And then stem starts talking to him and helping him essentially, uh, figure out who's responsible for his wife's murder. And, um, a big thing that stem can do is, um, fight. Um, and, um, 
autopilot his body basically yeah yeah autopilot his body with his permission um uh at first at least um, spoilers jeez at first at least <laughs> you can imagine it escalates like it seems cool so what's going to go wrong well things do um Kellen what did you think of upgrade I liked it um so you don't see a lot of um you don't see a lot of high profile B movies and I would definitely put this in the B movie category I would too B movies, you know, they get a bad rap because they did used to be schlock that you weren't supposed to think too much about. Yeah. And and usually were visually very much a downgrade from something that was, you know, more well produced. <clears throat> but I think B movie now is is essentially something like this is a, a high, I don't want to say high concept because it's not super smart. As no. far as a sci-fi movie goes, it's, high concept as in about the future and then a plot yeah, within that. It's basically someone said what if you boil a movie down, it's a it's a single concept with a movie built around it. It's what if you had a uh, an upgrade to a human body, basically, that made you a like superhuman. Yeah. And yeah. then they formed a movie around it that I think not not any one bit is super duper compelling. Um but I had a, a a hilariously large amount of fun just watching the awful violence revenge porn that happened <laughs> in the latter, like, uh, middle part of the movie to yeah. near the end kind of thing. Um, so I, I, I had seen one preview for it. I got invited to the movie with no expectations, sat down and saw it, you know, at the draft house, having a beer, having a meal. Um, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, did some interesting stuff, some really cool visual effects and tricks and stuff. And, uh, you know, if you're into violence and grisly imagery, uh, there's a lot of interesting ways that he kills people. Yes. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I, I mean, I don't know if you guys give grading like or anything like that, but we pretty um, much have a star, a five star rating. So. I mean, at this point, since it's not in theaters um, and it's probably on streaming services, I, I'd rent it. I honestly, I would rent it again, having seen it, just so I can watch it again. Yeah, I, I got this from the library, so I was, I was watching it. You know, obviously, obviously at home, it what not went in the theater, but I, I don't think it's on any streaming services. I, th- I double check before I spent money to to get it, but um, I would I would give upgrade. Um, I'd probably give it. Hmm, I, I'd give it three three and a half stars. Like you said, like the in 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 terms of like concept, it's not that high, um, but the enjoyment is there. It, it almost deserves four stars, but I'm not going to give it that high of a rating because it's just it's just enjoyable to watch, and um and one of those stories that doesn't end in a way that's um hard to believe. You know, it's one yeah, of those. It's, a, it's where, not where a I, ribbon I, tied on the end of it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the logical conclusion of this film. Um, it doesn't always happen, especially in, in, like you said, like a, like a B level movie. Um, I, I just, I, I enjoyed it. I felt bad for this dude in his situation. And, uh, after a while I was like, Oh, you know, it, it's not one of those movies where you're spending a whole lot of time, like thinking about what the character's going through. I mean, you are, but mostly you're, you're this, you're watching this to watch the plot unravel and to see some cool, um, uh, scenes of action which you do get like you said yeah. the camera moves are really um interesting creative this, that whenever chase stem, sequence was actually really good too the chase Car sequence chase. is good whenever stem moves like and begins like whenever stem takes over and starts fighting for him the camera the cinematography gets really creative and it's yeah. this really like 
uh, tight, like a follow move. It's hard to describe, but it basically leaves him um, uh, um, vertical in the frame and and tilts the camera essentially perfectly to his movements to where everything around him becomes distorted, but he remains constant in the frame. Yeah. Um, if it's like, like motion you, tracking. Yeah. yeah. No, what? Well, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know what you call it. It's like there, if it, it picture like Dustin, like if I did a backflip and the entire yeah. time my feet never left the bottom of the frame, but everything else around me swirled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's I, there were, there were like audible, like, like gasps and like, Oh snap. Like um, yeah. what happens is he's laying on his back. Um, cause he's, you know, he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. been knocked out of his, his chair and there's a guy, you know, a bad, bad guy coming Stan after him yeah. and Stam is talking to him, you know, in his, in his brain. And he's like, do you, do you want to give me full control? And he's like freaking out. He's like, yeah, sure. And like, you just hear this like audio, like, Boom. and, uh, the, he's laying mm. on his, on his back. Uh, and literally like, so he's vertical in frame because the he's camera's, on the ground. The camera's on it on its side. Yeah. And when he's, mm. when it, when he, he'll, he'll he literally just goes upright without ever even like adjusting his body. It's yeah. really mm. bizarre. And the, and the camera, camera follows him. Camera follows him up and then just motion tracks with him, like doing all this stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, related. It, 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 it made, it made action sequences that were otherwise, you know, probably generic interesting to watch and the whole time Logan Marshall Green did a great job of because you know in action sequences usually there's choreography and you're you've practiced it so whatever so you know the the character is doing the action but this is one of those rare times where the the body the, this person is not responsible for his actions so the hands his reaction the, everything's is so moving good. but his head is completely not with it he's he's like horrified during this <laughs> he, he's looking away while this is happening it's so good it's really really well done and i'm not sure how he he was able to disconnect his face and head from the movements of the rest of his body, but he mm, did it. Yes. And it's really, it's really wow. interesting. Picture someone like cutting someone up with a knife and doing yeah. horrible grisly things. Yeah. And their face the whole time is like their neck is leaning away from it and just going, yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. It's just imagery wise. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. It was just yeah. really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah. It's just, an, it's just an enjoyable film. I would recommend seeing it for sure. I, I saw this purely based on people saying it was good. I didn't know too much about the plot. I just knew that he had an implant that could control his body. Yeah. There's a lot of schlock. Mm. There's a lot of eye rolling moments, but I, uh, it, they sure. did a good job in that the guy that they cast for it, uh, Logan Marshall Green, Marshall Green, he's good enough and competent enough in the role to make up for the fact that like almost all of the dialogue <laughs> in character on character sequences is pretty like okay yeah 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 you know like still right. didn't get let's get yeah. to this next thing but his interaction with himself in his own brain and his reaction to what he's doing is is really what you're going to see so mm-hmm. um gotcha yeah uh let's keep going I, um <clears throat> sorry uh yeah anyway, i just wanted to bring that up real quick kellen um there's something else I want to bring up, but I, I feel like we'll call these next few things just a series of mini discussions. Um, sure. But I really quickly want to bring up um, Bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's it's considered a Netflix original movie. It's it's basically an episode of Black Mirror because that, that's what it is. It's Black Mirror Bandersnatch. It, it, you could almost call it a Christmas special in a way because that's right around the time it came out on Netflix. Right, wasn't it right around Christmas? Yeah, I think it was. Right, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, I think it was after, right after Christmas. It might have been right after. I don't know. Um, Bandersnatch 
uh, in essence, is a choose your own adventure episode of Black Mirror to where I think there's I know that there's like 312 minutes of like shot footage for it. And throughout the story, you are choosing what the character is going to choose. You're given like this binary choice. You pick one and then he does it. And then the plot follows based on the actions you chose. Um, um, I'll say it, it, it centers around a computer programmer. It's 1980 something. I think 84. Um, he's he's making um, a, a, an 8-bit video game called Bandersnatch based off of the book, which is itself a choose-your-own-adventure book. So eventually the concept of choosing-your-own-adventure becomes a forefront of the story um, to where it's one of those things where you're watching it and you, you wonder sometimes, like, are some of these characters self-aware? Like, are they, you know, are at a certain point, the, the, the main character himself becomes aware that he's not in control of his own choices. So he's almost aware that you're making decisions for him. Um, I didn't spend a bunch of time watching this. Um, I, I went through a few of the endings, but one of the things about Bandersnatch is it's a time suck. So you could spend all week watching it and it's kind of fun. But for me, I was like, OK, I want to watch some other stuff. Um, I, I got the idea. And I finally like went online and looked at a flow chart of all the decisions you can make and what outcomes they lead to, yeah. just, just just to know basically. Um, but uh, it's really interesting stuff, and as a concept, it can't really work for everything. But I think it was really creative how they were able to to do this and make it and, and make essentially a ninety minute thing, uh, like a you know, what could be a week long experience for people and. It was something you have to pay attention to. Um, so I don't know what kind of star rating I'd give it because it's completely a unique, its own thing, but I'll give it a four. It's just really creative. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's a time investment and you, you can't, you know, tune out during it. You got to pay attention. Well, what do you so think? Uh, well, Dustin, did you see it? I don't want to jump in. And, no, I didn't. Uh, so I won't. So if that's the case, I won't spoil it. Cause that is, you know, relatively fresh in terms of content. Um, yeah. So, uh, I actually had all the time in the world. Uh, it came out when I was in Denver, uh, house sitting for my brother and my sister-in-law because they were in hospital waiting for, you know, her to go into labor, uh, and to have, you know, their first kid. So I was staying at their house and I literally, uh, <laughs> this is how much time I had to kill. I made that flow chart that you're talking about by exploring all of the options. Oh my God. <laughs> And it actually, it actually is, it only took me about five hours to, to see literally everything. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's with a lot of stuff replaying because a lot of, uh, a lot, lot of, of choices lead to the same things. Yes. Um, there is one true ending and I had the bad luck of getting that literally this, uh, I made all the right choices except for one. And then when it, when it loops back around and lets you make another choice, mm -hmm. I made it the other choice and I got that ending. So I got that, the real ending, which I won't spoil it. Um, right. But, but the, you can tell the, the one thumbs up. The ending. One that, yeah. No, it's yeah. the one that leads to the credits, you know? Um, right. I got that so early that I, I was like, Holy crap. Every, there's going to be this, there's going to be tons of like endings to this, like this. And I'm going to, you know, I'll go back through. And um, so maybe, I have a, not a, I maybe my opinion of it is skewed negative because I kind of like finished it, finished it too quickly. Cause every time I went back around, it felt like looping me towards these kind of like dead ends rather than right. other, other endings. Interesting. 
Yeah, and some of them, you know, uh, there's a good amount of like fourth wall crumbling over the course of the of the thing. You like you start to really like you said, the characters are self aware. There are answers that you give um, as a disembodied like entity talking to the character omnipotent yeah yeah it's 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 interesting i think it's a real cool novelty um i just thought i just thought it was a little too big for its britches i guess yeah um i love black mirror it's one of my favorite you know forms of media to come out in a long time i mean i I think it's this generation's twilight zone um specifically like perfectly because it revolves around technology but um Uh, so I love Black Mirror and watching this, I was like, because I saw the true ending and the true uh, flow of stuff so soon, I was like, that episode honestly would have been more um, reward. I don't know, more sound and rewarding of an experience than kind of fumbling around and choosing these things. And um, this is kind of a personal t- uh, take on it. And people are very different than me. I'm a, as far as video games go, like my favorite game series is uh is Metroid and stick with me. Um, in that game, you're given all these doors and options to go through, um, knowing that eventually you're going to want to go through all of them. So when you go through one and you're like, Oh crap, no, no, no. I can tell I should go back and go to this other thing. So I have this kind of like weird FOMO when it comes to something that gives me options. If you, if, if you mind me using the phrase. So every time I made a choice, um, I was like, crap, I kind of want to go back and just do the other one. And I would have to play that out because the actual, you actually can't go back of your own volition and make different, different decisions. It'll kick you back and give you the option later. Hmm. So there are so many times where I was like, oh, I'm going into this stream of narrative that I've already been in and I know where it's going to end and it's not satisfying. And so I don't know. I thought it was cool, if not a little clunky, but it's the first of its kind sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I give it like... I give it like a four on the grounds of like novelty alone, but as an actual individual standing story and the reward for putting that much effort and time into it is a little low on my end. Yeah. The reward's low for that, but I, yeah, my, my points definitely come from, from a sense of like enjoyable during, during, during the activity, but I do dock it for um, just taking so long to fully explore it. Yeah. You know, Yep. It, it, I don't I mean, know. That, that's what you get when you play with structure is, is, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think if something get, has like a zeitgeist behind it purely because of how it functions, it kind of misses the point that it's still supposed to be about story. Yeah. I don't know. Dustin, I would still watch it. I don't want to poop on it so much. Okay. Yeah. But sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It, it's interesting, Dustin, um, for sure. Um, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's Bandersnatch. Um, let's see. What was uh, there's a couple of films that you saw, Dustin, that that we had all, we had seen that you wanted to talk about. Was one of them uh, Solo? Yeah. Yeah. We can do Solo. Solo was is recently put on Netflix. I'm guessing you just saw it one night and. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I watched it. Okay. Um. And have you seen this, Hooper? No. And, but Kellen, you have. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Kellen, Kellen, uh, I think Kellen, we talked talk about, about the last, yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought we did. Yeah. And okay. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Dustin recalls what I said enough to, uh, uh, have that have taint one tainted his experience or jogged his memory after seeing it. 
No, I don't. I don't recall it at all. I, in fact, I think I think during that I just kind of made sure to zone out. <laughs> yeah, in a way, like like just don't register this information, Dustin. Like you can react, but don't register it. Yeah. Um. And and so um. So yeah, okay. So solo, like everyone knows what solo is about. So I'm not going to bother, you know, talking about like yeah. recapping it. Um, you know, it's the story of Han Solo. Like we get it. Um, the The main thing for me with this is after. So after the Last Jedi, I had no intention of seeing Solo in theaters at all. Um, and it came and it went, and I was fine. And then um, and then it was on DVD, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, maybe one day. And then it was on Netflix, and I was like, all right, fine. Today's the day. And so um, had it not been so conveniently dropped in my lap, I'm sure I still would not have seen it. Um, so though, that's sort of my mind frame going in. Um, coming out, uh, you know, I, 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 have, I hesitate to say I was pleasantly surprised because uh, I, I, I wasn't. I think my my expectations were so low that it's just so hard low. for me to. <laughs> ah, well done. Um, and uh, no, they, they they really were rock bottom, and so and so I had no like. Um, nowhere to go but up and so so having said that like it's not a good movie but it's it's not a bad movie like it's not as bad as i thought it would be um but it does a lot of the things that i was afraid it was going to do um things like over explaining things that don't need to be explained um things like his uh, world building yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Um, and, and I guess maybe a lot of people have a problem with this. I kind of avoided all reviews and stuff for it, too. Um, like, I just avoided everything. But from what I understand, just from talking to people, like, the name thing really aggravated people and it aggravated me, like, to the point where I almost decided to turn it off right then and there. Um, and... Um, so, yeah, it over explains things. It gives too much weight to things that like we know how they pan out. So like, oh, isn't this a tense scene? And I'm like, no, because I know he lives for a long time. And um, little things like that, like, oh, will Chewbacca ever return? And it's like, yep, because he's in a bunch of other movies. Yeah. And 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 little things like that where I'm like, this doesn't have any tension. Um, but but it's it's not like like I guess if you're thinking about like it as a movie, what it has to do, what it does, it does most of what it has to do and it does it fine. Um, it, it doesn't it's not it doesn't make me mad to really like see it. It's just that superfluous stuff like the name thing or like. Um, okay, now we have to work in, you know, Lando and like all of this stuff where it's like, you didn't have to, you don't have to do that. Um, let's talk about why the Millennium Falcon loses its escape pod and like little things where I'm like, that doesn't matter. And, um, and so at the end of the day, like it's hard for me to look at it objectively and say, I only enjoyed it as much as I did because I thought it was going to be the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Right. Um, <laughs> the bar was, was but, low, low. Yes. And, um, but, but like, like, so, so here, here's the, yeah, like, I, I really don't even know what to say, but as a movie itself, it's, it's just okay. Like, 
I, I guess it's three stars. It, it doesn't make me mad like The Last Jedi did. Mm. And it doesn't, but it doesn't excite me either. Like, I'm not after this going, oh my gosh, I wonder what they're going to do for Solo 2. Please, come on. Um, I'm, I'm just over here like... Uh, okay, I guess there's going to be more Star Wars stuff now. Um, and um, which is the exact same boat I was in before. And so, um, uh, you know what? Solo is so so. And that's really the best thing I can say about it. it. It's it it's just middle of the road. It does its job. It does it fine. Um, surprisingly, Alden Ehrenreich, like, does somewhat of a decent job um but it's still not harrison ford and it's still not you know it's just not necessary it's just yeah what i yeah i don't know if you recall my uh summary after i ranted i didn't rant about it but uh when we talked about it last was it's fine but it has no reason to exist yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that's a hundred percent correct. It's like it doesn't tell me anything that I needed to know. No. Like like there's nothing that it adds to the story. It's like we're world building because look at this planet, and I'm like, but that planet doesn't matter. So you don't really you're not world building. Um. And then you know so it's stuff like that. And then again, you know, I hate to keep bringing it up, but the name thing is like the big the big thing because it's like, hey, let's let's tell the audience why his name is so. And I'm like, I thought it's because his name was Solo. Like, I don't understand. My name is Dustin. Do you have to have a prequel movie telling me why my name's Dustin? No, you just introduced me as a character in this crazy thing called life. And my name's Dustin. And then there you go. And it's also really dumb because because the whole the way that it God, I'm going into the minutia. The whole way that it unfolds is a is an Imperial officer saying, you don't have a last name. And he's like, no, I've always been by myself. And he's like, oh, Solo, eh? Solo. And I'm, and I'm like, but Solo is a Spanish word and Spanish doesn't exist. If we are seeing this movie as like being translated into English because yes. it's our language, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, like, Correct. He literally could, it could have started out and it like, they wouldn't do this in a Star Wars movie, but it could have been like, I'm Han Solo. I live on Corellia. Like, you know, it could have yeah. just been his freaking name. He's played, played right. by and it, It's Disney always actor. been a dumb name anyway. Yes. A dumb, dumb name that George Lucas was like, well, he's, you know, he's a free spirit. He does all, all, all of what he does. He just does what he wants. He's Solo. <laughs> Speaking of dumb names, there's, there's two in here specifically. One, Kira. That's an that's an actual name, and they decide to spell it with a Q and an apostrophe. Uh huh. Stupid. <laughs> Have and secondly, Dustin, are you then there's are you new to what? the are you new to Star Wars names? The guy, <laughs> I'm the guy who who flies the uh, Millennium Falcon with Lando Calrissian in uh, the Return of Jedi. His name is Nyanyub. <laughs> the guy who has a vagina on his face is Nyanyub. In my mind, like I'm, this is how detached from Star Wars I am. In my mind, the only names that matter are Luke and Ben and Leia. Leia, like, okay, fine. But but here's here's the one that took the the cake for me. The one of the villains in this movie. So Paul Bettany's uh, character. Do what? Paul Bettany's character. Uh, no, no, no. Although although that is another one. Um, but but so there's this character named Infus Nest. 
is the name of this character. I had to turn on the freaking subtitles to figure out what the name was. I'm not even joking. They said it like five times. And I was like, what are they saying? Those aren't words. Those are syllables. And so, and, and so I turned on the, the subtitles and it's in, sorry, it's E-N-F-Y-S. N E S T. Infis Nest. What character is like, that? I don't even remember that. That's the the like bounty hunter that's like stealing the plunder <sighs> that they're stealing. Oh, um, that, with there's the reveal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, reveal. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The name is Infis Nest. And I'm like, that, that's not a name. That's not a thing. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to so, look up Star Wars characters' names and how dumb they are. Uh, it's so. so you, so stupid. So every, 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 literally every character that ever gets screen time in a Star Wars movie has a name. Um, yes, this is correct. And so I have a, a I, I have an animation pitch that's, you know, space based. And I came up with a name for this character. Um, oh, geez, I can't remember. I had to rename it. Uh, I can't remember the name that I came up with. I just totally made it up. And I named this character and he's an alien character. And I, mm. at one point, I just searched the name online. Guess mm. what? There's a Star Wars character Star named Wars. that. You can't, yep. you could, you could come up with the most ridiculous combination of syllables and consonants. There's a Star Wars character named that. Yep. So, that sounds about right. Yep. It's uh, it's pretty annoying. But you know it's bad when they're all like, oh no, Infus Nest is coming. And I'm like, who? What's the, what, what are you saying? Are you still speaking English, my friend? And, and like... There's, there's no, there's nothing there. And so anyway, all that to say, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm you on, just found one. I'm on a list. <laughs> I'm on a list of funny names. Yeah, let's hear So them. do you remember the, do you remember the, the old white dude with the goatee on Padme's, uh, Amidala's like board yeah. of directors of, yeah. of, of Naboo? <laughs> board of sure. His name is Sio Bibble. <laughs> It's terrible. Oh, no. And then there's a dude in Revenge of the Sith who literally is just sitting in the stands during the opera with Palpatine. That's literally what he does. He's just sitting there. His name is Swite Concord Kill. (laughs) And then, oh, my God, I forgot about this one. In The Force Awakens, there's a character named Elo Asti, which is literally Hello Nat. Hello Nasty, which was a Beastie Boys uh, album. Oh no! I hate this. This uh, this pisses me this, off so much. Uh, I'm so I, I'm so over Star Wars, guys. It, oh. I, it it drives me up up a freaking wall. I, I oh, they put but, Porkins on this list. I think he's great. <laughs> who? You don't remember Porkins? The one Porkins? the one fat rebel pilot and they named him Porkins? Oh, oh no. You didn't know that? He's is he, no. is he the guy who goes like, "Yeah, I'm all right." Oh, no, no. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he dies in a new hope. He's the fat white dude with the with the goatee and his name is Jack Porkins. <laughs> dude, I thought that was I thought everybody knew about Porkins. I didn't know his, I no. didn't know his name. Oh, oh boy. my god! Go back and watch it. Twice as much money because their characters had names, dude. Connor, right? Yeah, you should go back and watch Star Wars with your kids and be like, "No, Porkins!" <laughs> and see how they react. 
You all remember this man. His name was Porkins. He was, came from the proud Porkins family. Oh, his name was Jack Porkins. His name was Jack Porkins. Oh, sorry. Now, now I'm just hoping that they retcon the Last Jedi and Snoke really was Porkins. Dude, I, I've I've been getting messages all day because um, our our mutual acquaintance Jack has been has been watching the Star Wars movies on Netflix. I guess with his son, and he's hmm. so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> lately um with all this stuff he's he's been texting mm. our, our little group text all day about just the the glaring problems uh, we talked about you know like the regular ones in, in the last jedi and all that but he went into like the he just said like from from a military standpoint he says the force awakens and the entire new series feels like everybody in the position of power is a complete amateur just making stuff up as they go in the original trilogy and in the prequels and the sith jedi rebels and empire all seem to be in charge and experts at what they were doing i hate everything that's been done in this last movie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dustin, before we go back yes. to what you were talking about, <laughs> there's a character in so, uh, the Solo movie. I, I guess he's mm-hmm. at one of the gambling scenes. Mm-hmm. His name is Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I hate Star Wars. Therm Scissor Punch. I think I, I realized over the past god. like two years, I actually hate Star Wars. I thought I loved it it's so weird to come to pull a 180 where I'm like oh my god wait I fucking hate sorry I freaking hate Star Wars I hate this now (laughs) well well, so here here's the thing like I've never been a huge Star Wars fan you know I like the original three films and I like them fine but I don't like the prequels and I and I haven't really liked anything that Disney's put out Um, and so and so for me it still lives as a trilogy which is which is good I mean, not yeah, like it doesn't phenomenal. Have, yeah, it, the, the clout it has is really bizarre. Yeah, it is. It, I, I guess it's just because of, like the time in which it was released. But I think it's because it's the, a cultural powerhouse more than a, a cinematic one. Right. Yeah. True. There, there's but I'm just like there's something you said on one of our shows recently, Dustin. I can't remember what you were talking about, but I think about what you said all the time. And it was, it might've been like in reference to like Lois Lane or something. I can't remember. Mm. Like, oh God. It's like on the tip of my tongue. I'll think of it later. But it was basically mm. like, you said like, I try to watch the thing and then this person um, shows up and I go, oh wait, I hate you now though. <laughs> and, and I think, like, we think what Kellen just said made me think of that. Like, oh, that's right. I hate this now. Right. No, it's so true. Like, like I, I, I went and saw the Last Jedi in theaters because oh, it, it's you like know what? You, it was Ray. You were talking about Ray. Was it? I that think, makes I think sense. You're talking about her, like I said. Yeah, because everything Jedi. she did in the second movie was hate worthy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like I go back and, and watch and the like, Force Awakens. No. Oh, I remember. Said, Connor, said, he went to he was at a toy store. He was at Target and saw toys in an aisle, right. and he was like, "Ooh, I'll that's buy right. this Ray oh, action figure." Oh wait, but go, I hate wait, her now. I hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't remember saying that, but it's absolutely true. Like, like the, the fact is, like these movies are just like laughable, and so and so Solo. That's why it's so weird for me for Solo because I'm like, were my expectations just so low that I just didn't care? And <laughs> things that should have made me angry didn't phase me like i don't understand but but yeah like at at the end of the day when it comes to solo and really all of these star wars movies by disney um it's literally like hey everybody 
why don't you cheer for this thing that's on screen because you're supposed to and and like because there's that moment like right this is not a spoiler where where han meets chewy and it's like I should feel something, but I don't feel anything at all. And then, and then there's like a couple moments where they're like talking and you're like, I should definitely feel like you, I I should definitely want to watch this. And I don't. And then, and then there's the moment where they all see the millennium Falcon and it's like, this should be an epic moment, but I don't care. And that, and that's like the whole thing over and over and over. And so uh, undoubtedly, when episode X comes out this this <laughs> December, I'm sorry. I, I was I, taking a I'm, sip of water and I had to swallow so quickly. <laughs> but but when it when it comes out this this December, I'm gonna be sitting there going, "Why am I here?" Like it's literally just some morbid curiosity at this point. And uh, yeah. Anyway, that there's solo. Yay, Ron Howard. Another, another if you allow me, to, sorry, sorry. Well, if you just, allow me to, uh, another messed up metaphor. It's kind of like you're abusive. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm still choking on water. It's kind of like if you have an abusive husband and you're coming home from work and you walk in and instead of this time he, he doesn't beat you, he just verbally abuses you. That was going to yes. see solo. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, today was a good yeah. day going to sleep. Yeah. You're like, you're like, all he did was just tear me down word by word. <laughs> he didn't punch me in the face or knock me on the ground. Yay. Yeah. Anyway. He's, he's really changing, uh, Batman. An- oh, God. Um, another observation about the Star Wars franchise from, from our friend Jack. That whole opening scene in The Last Jedi where Hux and Poe have the radio conversation makes them both look like petty amateurs and idiots, not two military commanders engaging in a dangerous fleet of arms, which I guess subverts my expectations, but it also makes me realize what fucking clowns they are and how much nothing in the movie matters at all. There's a Yo Mama joke in the first two minutes of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Can can we also just talk about the fact that you just said two names, Hux and Poe, mm-hmm. with a straight face? <laughs> and those, A, are stupid names, and B, it sounds more like you're naming the Teletubbies. The, 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 last, thing, the last thing that he says about, about this, he, he says, Ryan Johnson, he spells it with a Y, parentheses, I refuse to support his incorrect spelling of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Completely ruined one of my. Yeah, but yeah, but it subverts your expectation yeah. that it uses yeah, his, his parents oh, subverted don't, expectations don't. when they. You guys are getting me, you're getting me riled up. Don't do it. <laughs> Ryan Johnson completely ruined one of my childhood heroes in Luke. Luke was the perpetual yeah. optimist. He never gave up on anyone. He could always see the light side until his nephew starts to learn the Force, and then he's all of a sudden like, "Fuck it, he has a little darkness in him. I'll just kill him since he's unredeemable." Not that's right. not Luke in any way, shape, or form. Luke would have talked to Ben and then set out on a mission to find, identify, and defeat Snoke, which, just that sentence, is already a better movie than Force Awakens, and my friend Stefan reacted Dude, with a tear. Dude, oh man. <laughs> Dang, yes. he's so right. Yeah. Yep. Man. Ugh. Okay, we yeah. should change the subject, because sure, I'm going to okay. go, yeah, let's I'm go right back into all of the same complaints that I have. Kellen, pour, pour right. another scotch tonight. I'll be back. Actually, I'm going to go. I'll be right back. Wait, what are you talking about next? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll move on to uh, Bird Box. It'll be brief. Oh, yeah, man. let's do Bird Box. I got stuff to say about that, but I'm going to go pour scotch. Okay. okay. Yeah, we, 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 we touched on this briefly. I've already given my thoughts on Bird Box. Yeah. I thought it was an enjoyable watch, but ultimately, you know, 
I had problems with it, um, which Dustin, I suspect you're about to bring up and I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do we want to wait on Kellen? Do we want to just go ahead and I can go ahead and recap go it and for then it. He, can, yeah. he can jump in. Yeah. So um, Bird Box was released over the holiday break right. um, on Netflix. Um, so a ton of people saw it just because they were at home and had nothing to do. Um, <laughs> That's why I watched it. Yeah, I was yeah. in my in-laws so, and, and I, I needed some time. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, it's based on a novel. Um, but, um, uh, that doesn't matter. Um, and so, um, the movie stars Sandra Bullock. Um, she plays, um, a woman in Mallory who is pregnant and sort of, um, I don't know, jaded by a lot of things. And so she, um, and her sister go to a, uh, doctor's appointment where they check on the baby and everything's great, except they also hear that in some foreign countries, there are, um, some mysterious, like rash outbreaks of suicides. Um, and so, um, like, while they're leaving, I think the number was What's like 10,000 suicides. Yeah, something like that. Some thousands. Yeah. Of, it was know, like in Russia, five, in the Eastern uh, Eastern Europe or something. Yeah, that's Yeah, right. like, like, yeah. So a ton of suicides happening over there. And, uh, but no reported cases in the U.S. Um, and then, uh, the coincidentally. They appropriately respond, oh, that's fine then. <laughs> right, yeah. They're just like, yeah, it's not here. That's fine. Um, and so. What was that um, accent? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just made not it up here. off the top of my head. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> um, so like, like, so they, um, they, they leave the appointment and then some strange things start happening. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know. They're all seeing some stuff and then everybody's like going crazy. And her sister ends up like crashing the car and then stepping in front of a truck and killing herself. And so this pregnant lady now gets trampled on. And, and then this like woman comes to help her. And then the woman, helps her but then is like mom and goes and kills herself and so now Sandra Bullock is uh, rescued and, and put in this house this is the worst recap but regardless yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's put in a house and um, in this house there's a bunch of other people um, who are all um, taking shelter from whatever it is that's out there that people are it, like people it's making people see things and then kill themselves um, so, so now we've got a group of survivors in a, in a closed quarter situation where they cannot leave the house and uh, at any moment because they really don't know anything at this point um, about these creatures. Um, at any point, they suspect that they could be next. They could, you know, fall victim to whatever this is. So um, the the big chunk of the movie is trying to survive in a world where you uh have to have your eyes closed. Um, and so, so you've seen all of like the bird box challenge videos and stuff where people are like, I don't know, stepping out in traffic or whatever they're doing. And, Gee, um, what? Oh yeah. You haven't heard of this? Yeah. There's a ton of like injuries. Eh, from it's going to weed out the, uh, dummies from the gene pool. I guess yeah, that's fine. That's, Man, that's true. Except for and, the people who um, get hit by those. There's a, there's been a couple of fatalities. I think of people driving their really? cars blindfolded and then like, what killing people? Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. It's the but, stupidest um, thing I've I've ever witnessed on social. You're bringing media. out old man Kellen. Oh, you don't want this, right? Yeah, right. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Um, but <laughs> but the, the 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 basic premise here is that Sandra Bullock has to survive. Um, 
while pregnant, while living with a group of strangers, um, and these weird creature things are making people kill themselves. Um, so the only logical explanation or the only logical way to combat this is to not look at anything. Um, so, you know, you've seen the memes, um, but she's wearing like a bandana on her head, like a Ninja Turtle and walking to different places. Um, and so, um, so, you know, that's the basic thing. Um, Hooper uh, recapped his thoughts uh, while you were gone, Kellen. But I'm, I'm curious to know where where this sits for you. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't like it. I thought it was um, hmm. I thought it was dumb. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but literally, what it felt like was somebody was making a movie about like can't you can't hear something or something's you know it, basically a quiet place came out and someone went oh crap you you said it came from a, a prior book so i guess that's obviously not true but yeah. but literally it felt like someone saw a quiet place or knew it was in production and was like sensory uh sensory suspense thrillers is going to be the next thing and was like <laughs> yeah. well okay wait all right so in a quiet place you had to be real quiet cuz the monsters would hear you so what if yeah you have to close your eyes because you can't see the monsters. Whoa. And then yes. like, and then they like made a whole uh, bloated thing around it. And so what I equate it as is it's basically if you took the middle of the road and bad parts of a quiet place and mixed it with just all of the shit that was the happening. <laughs> Yeah, I think and that, that is makes sense. that is Bird Box, and I I watched no, it. Ma'am, I watched it one day uh, before going out one night, and I was doing all these like chores. I was folding my laundry, so basically, I was watching this movie while folding laundry, and the laundry was more exciting. I just didn't like it, <laughs> and the only and I was actually kind of pissed off because the only reason that I chose to watch it was because people wouldn't shut up on like yeah. on social networking sites about it. Yeah. Like I had all these coworkers and these people in the film industry talking about it like oh hashtag bird box and I'm like fine and I turned it on and I finished and I was like I hate everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. So, it, like I'm playing it up a little bit for comedic effect. It was fine, but yeah, I'm like yeah. this like this doesn't deserve the cloud, like the attention it's getting, it's just so forgettable. Yeah. And blah. Well, well, speaking of I, tension, I just thought there was none in the film. I mean, like because the way it's it, the most yeah. of the events of the film take place in the past. You know that she's going to make it to the river because she's yep. going down the river. And guess who's not right. there? The people that she's with. I wonder yeah, what could so happen to them. Something happens to them. Clearly, right. You know that the I other pregnant lady is going to die because there's two kids with her. I mean, yeah. I also thought it was really dumb. Because they didn't play by their own rules. Uh, so there's this... Basically, it... Uh, try not to spoil it. You don't have to see the... Whatever they are. Monsters, aliens. You don't have to see them with direct eyesight. It's literally a depiction of them can do it. Right. Like on, mm -hmm. a, on a screen. Um, yep. They have so many point of view shots through the bandana where you can make stuff out outside the <laughs> bandana. And I'm like, why wouldn't that... What? what like that would yes. that would kill what? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just well, so it's so dumb. It was dumb. 
So in in regards to the rules, like th- this is the age old conversation, and it always makes me feel like a like an ancient old decrepit person. Um, but but when we talk about horror movies, like I always talk about the rules. Like to me, the rules are key. Yeah. Um, if I don't know the rules that that the world lives in, then I can't properly actually be scared. Um, and and so in this, the the weird thing is like. For me, the rules took a backseat because it was clear the movie itself didn't care about the rules. Um, but but the one thing that kept coming up is I'm like, why can't the creatures go inside? Like, m- maybe I could buy that, like, they don't know you're in there. Maybe I could buy that, uh, you know, whatever. But, but at the end of the day, if th- there's a scene in the movie where... Um, there, the some characters are inside, and there's some windows that get busted out immediately. And the creature, yeah, the creature knows that these things that the people are inside, and and the people who are inside, some of them look and have the effect immediately. But like it's been chilling outside, why can't it come in? Correct, yeah. and that's th- that's what I don't understand. Is like like, and so that's where I got hung up. Like it wasn't the whole see through the 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 blindfold or anything like that like even though that's still stupid but i'm but but it's because i'm like i don't care like the movie doesn't care but the one thing that the movie never even bothered with was why can't they come inside like can are they vampires they have to be invited in like i don't understand but if they but if even that doesn't make sense because they're outside in the sunlight like nothing makes sense here yeah and so um like um i i just i don't know what's going on but and and then they're like the movie's called bird box guess why there's a box of birds in there and 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 for me i'm like but why and they're like the birds alert you to the creatures and i'm like but why though that would be cool to know and, I also thought and so for such a tiny dumb small device in the movie to like name it that I'm like you guys just had no idea what to call this movie like spooky don't look at him <laughs> <laughs> oh that should have been it I, I just want to do hashtag spooky don't look at him challenge <laughs> uh, yeah no look I mean at the end of the day for me it was it was okay. Like I, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't get anything from it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I've heard a lot of people really complain about the ending. Um, I didn't even mind the ending. Like for me, what I what I'm didn't care for was like Hooper just mentioned the way it was structured relieves you of tension before it builds Mm -hmm. so anytime they ever try anything that's tense it's like well the only thing that can happen here is that one of these random characters dies one of the red shirts but I know that Sandra Bullock's not going to because I've seen her in the future and I know the kid's not going to either you know unless it happens later in the movie Exactly. And then the, and then the question is like, so do these other people die or do they run away or do they whatever? But, but yeah, but that's not enough tension, right? Because, because I mean, it's a horror movie, they die. Right. So, so at the end of the day, like I'm not even that worried about it. To me, the only thing that actually was genuinely interesting was the, the guy, the British guy that comes in halfway through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Like to me, that was the only, yes. And to me, that was the only part that was like slightly interesting. And, and the problem with that is again, speaking of the rules, uh, 
this doesn't make any sense um, why this guy is the way that he is um, and why there are other people like him in this world. Um, but again, I didn't get so hung up on it because the movie itself doesn't care. Yes. Yeah, so like, the movie just needed than, a bad right. guy. Yeah. It was an opportunity for the movie to say something like to explain why some people like him could do the things that they could do or had the mission yeah. that they had. And it's, yeah. it's, it was a perfect time for some sort of metaphor. I read something to where people were saying that was like, um, that was like a way of like highlighting mental illness. But then I was like, how? So, so mentally ill people don't, they look at the creatures and, and they don't want to commit suicide. What is that supposed to say? But I don't buy that (laughs) because, because you have like, because then the idea is that mentally ill people, are, are rising up and like and are unaffected people. or whatever. And will kill you. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Just literally, like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the whole Not thing. the message it, you want to send. Right. And, and, and you're right. Like that was the perfect opportunity to actually do some, some sort of, of world building, right? Yeah. Like, um, okay. As cheesy as this is, this is off the top of my head, right? Like they interrogate that guy. Like they capture him. They interrogate right. the guy. Like, tell me about the creatures. And he's like, Oh, they're, they're spooky. And they're from outer space. And, and you know, like that sort of thing. But, but it, it's, they don't they don't bother doing any of that. So I guess mm-hmm. I guess the end, like that's why I don't care about the rules here is because the movie doesn't care about the rules. Yeah. But I can't help but on the back end of it say like, yeah, but did the writer even think? Like, did the writer even even say like, yeah, but is somebody going to leave this film and say, yeah, but why that, though? And 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 so I feel like as a writer, you should be knowledgeable enough of your story to say I didn't give them any now notice what I'm not saying I'm not saying I didn't give them any answers I'm saying I didn't give them enough information to even at, create a theory or ask yeah. questions like right. your questions like, they, are they, the they, most they, rudimentary thing they're not like well but wait blah, blah. it's not intricate it's just like the, the earliest steps aren't answered right it, so this doesn't even go like Damon Lindelof weird like like terrible where um it's like here's all these questions and no answers this is like you don't even have enough information to formulate a question um all you have is like hey thing suicide thing not suicide thing outside not inside and that's all you know and oh and birds birds also chirp and and that and like that's all you have and so and so again like for me it's okay, but I, I think I think the problem is it had such potential. Like the idea of you can't look at the monster, like that. That's a fine premise. That's a it's, it's arguably a great premise, but um, but it needs to be handled by a skilled director who can handle the limitations of okay how do i build tension without ever showing my monster and that's where something like jaws becomes so important is they didn't have the budget to show the monster and and this would be a a, an actual like conscious decision not to show the monster um so so for me it's like you have to have a skilled director a skilled writer and i think with a movie like this where it's so it is so high concept like okay you can't look at a thing or whatever like that's a perfect opportunity for metaphor but they don't utilize the opportunity to tell a real world story through a fantastic event you know like something like a twilight zone or star trek might this is just like 
Yeah, they can't see. There's, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow, it makes a good poster. There's no deeper truth revealed in this yeah. movie. Exactly. And and I've heard people argue like it's about motherhood. It's about connecting with the world around you. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not. not. It's about, about connecting Sandra with the world Bullock. around you and it's only about motherhood in the sense that her character arc is, I don't want kids to. I guess I could be a mom. But can, and can I also point out how absolutely unrealistic it is for a a human woman to name two kids boy and wait, girl? Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. Uh, this is such a specific gripe that I have with the movie, but it's literally <laughs> related to this. <laughs> so, so they bookend this movie uh, with an interaction with this just side character, mm. Um, mm. and it's this is obviously spoiler. Spoiler information. So, uh, Hoop, if you want to cut this, eventually it's fine. I just oh, want to. I just want to talk to you guys about this. Yeah. Um, so, at the beginning of the movie, she's going to that appointment, right? You know, with her sister. Yeah. And there's this, yeah. uh, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a pregnancy nurse? No, yeah. doctor. Yeah, pregnancy. Like, a, like an OB. It's, uh, yeah, an OBGYN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's talking to her, and like she's the one that basically shoehorns to the audience, like the information that Sandra Bullock's character is not quite ready to be a mom. She's not Mm -hmm. taking it seriously. She's not acting, you know, as if this is a definite thing that's happening to her body kind of thing. Right. And I, my eyes rolled five times back in my head when (laughs) at the end of the movie, she sees that same doctor in the, like the the safe haven, spoilers, safe haven that, that that she finds. Yep. So one, I was like, oh my God, really? Like really, really, really? And then, and then she has this interaction with her and she introduces the kids, but she never named them, which as Dustin said, complete horse poop. Like (laughs) she, she calls them boy and girl and and the the kids are about to, they're, they're like introducing themselves to her or something. And she goes, no, actually your name is this and your name is this. And I wanted so badly for the camera to just swing over to the doctor's face to her horror. Like, are you fucking kidding me? You never gave these children names after like, oh, my God. Like she would have started a custody battle for the children as soon as that went down. I was like rolling over like, oh, my God. The right. doctor's supposed to like solidify that like she's changed and, uh, and I'm like that is the it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like you're a horrible right. horrible person. Well, see, and they open the movie with that. The first scene of the movie is like close up on her eyes and then it, it like the, the, the camera comes back and you see the, the kids standing there and she refers to them as boy and girl. And in my mind, even in that first scene, I was like, wait a minute, is she doing that like in the Ron Swanson type of way? Or is she doing that like because that's their names? And and from that moment on, when it was finally like actually revealed like that's their names, I was like, bull crap. No, there is not a single human on this planet. Yeah. I don't care how detached. What's really funny? That. Is that, that she had a, you know, she was cohabitating with that guy. Like they were together. Yeah. I forgot his name because the movie Tom. didn't want me to know anybody's name. Apparently. Correct. Um, he, that dude raised the kids with her. You fucking know. Sorry. Pardon the language. You know that he would name the children like yeah. himself and tell them that. Yeah. And and there's even that scene where she where he's like, you never even gave them names. And I'm like, so you have a problem with this, but what, what you still you call do? them boy and girl? <laughs> yeah. God. No. Th- no. 
no, the the kids are like like toddling around, and you're like, all right, hold on, Mallory. Like, we gotta name these things. Yeah. These this, things. This isn't boy and girl. <laughs> like, so, like, this like this, name them. Yeah, it, it's so stupid. Yeah. yeah, see, it's like I said, it's the dumbest parts of a quiet place. Which I don't think a quiet place was very smart either. Well, it's like we don't need to go into that um sure but this movie was like five times dumber than the quiet place which i liked i would give quiet place a thumbs up and i'm like this one is a double thumbs down i just was, yeah, yeah, i yeah. loved a quiet place but even, yeah even, i liked even a quiet place a lot it was too but just okay this movie's so so much lower <laughs> oh the heart yeah. in it was amazing compared to this baloney but um yeah the my quiet, biggest the quiet place was actually about something like it was a big it was a yeah, big totally. large metaphor that worked as a science fiction story and as an allegory for family and fatherhood well but that's what and see that's that's what i always go back to is when when i watch a science fiction movie i always say like what, what are, are you, you telling about? me yeah. and and that and that's because gene roddenberry and rod serling taught me to do mm-hmm. that um right like like what are we actually talking about um because we're not just talking about lasers right <laughs> we're talking about something else and um and so and 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 yeah a bird box was talking about nothing yeah it was like it, it had the illusion that it was talking about like motherhood right. but it's not no it had the no commentary on motherhood. connecting no do you know it was a good movie about commentating on uh motherhood what's that um the baba duke yes oh okay that yes. movie was, yeah. was really rad because you know I, I i don't have kids so connor you can totally tell me if i'm wrong but like it's not all roses in celebration and like they're not always the most amazing thing to you because that movie was all about how this woman was raising this child by herself and there were so many times where she just like hated everything about her circumstance. Yes. And so I'm like, dude, the whole, that was such a good message because it normalizes, uh, like nobody talks about having kids that way, but if everybody talked about two most annoying people I've ever met. (laughs) So like that movie was really great because it was trying to have a conversation on like, like, we don't talk about these types of attitudes and all it can cause is horrible things to happen. Yeah. So, and, and, and then the this Bob movie Duke is literally a, like, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. The, the Babadook was a big, long, good category, not long, a good category, um, allegory. Sounds like category allegory about grief. And it, it's literally manifested in this entity. And the whole thing is about coping with grief. How do you compartmentalize grief? Yeah. Like how it's never going to leave. So what do you do with it? And, and, yeah. the, you know, and in terms of like how it's executed as a horror film is, is absolutely how I would execute my own horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of horror, you know, let's, let's touch on this, the last movie. Um, sure. Uh, we've kind of thrown time to the wind, uh, this evening, yeah, we have. Yeah. but, um, but I'm interested, uh, because I feel like, so I watched Annihilation however long back a few months, maybe, um, and, and my, my base thoughts on it was that, um, is, was that I didn't like it. Uh, mm. I thought that it was, um, you know, it was one of those movies where I just, I sort of just came out of it like, okay, what, so what happened? What are they trying to, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just one of those where it wasn't so much confused. I was just like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to think about what happened. 
And so I mm-hmm. gave it like a three because I was like, it's executed on a technical level and a conceptual level. It's cool. But in terms of my ability to follow the story and how much I enjoyed watching it, I got to dock at some points. But I mm. did what I do and eventually watch like someone's video essay about it. And then I go, okay, so was this secretly brilliant and I'm just stupid? And, and so then I come away with like this revised point of view of like, I don't know. Like I still, it's one of those things where I don't recommend that the average moviegoer watch it as I don't think they'll get anything out of it. But yeah, I, as a higher yeah. concept, it's, it seems to be well, it seems like it's well executed. So Dustin, you saw this recently, right? And yeah. Kel, yeah. Seen I, so it. it's, yeah, I saw it. Okay, I so loved it. Seen it. I'll okay. talk about so that. Annihilation is now on uh, prime video and it's also on Hulu. Um, so you've got your, your places to see it there. there. Um, but but let's let's let Kellen set this one up. Like, give us a quick recap of the story, Kellen. Um, so there is this like uh, anomaly happening that's slowly. Uh, it's like basically this bubble mm-hmm. that's like slowly growing at a whatever rate, uh, so that over you know time it's going to swallow everything. Um, what goes on inside of it isn't really talked about until you get into it. It's literally like. The rules don't make sense in there and time dilates and shrinks and it basically says weird juju happens inside this bubble. It, it's a it's a big yep. MacGuffin for the writers to do whatever they want, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also thought it was really smart because you you don't know what to expect. Yes. Um, and I there's, watched there's this real tension. I watched this by yes. myself because I was so bored I couldn't find anything else to watch. Um, so imagine my surprise when I watched this and loved the movie. Um, so sh- this, what is, what does Natalie Portman's character do? Like what's her job? She's like a, so she, a biology, a biologist. And she, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah. a biologist. So she studies cancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And she, um, she signs on to be an, a recon team basically to go in after the last recon team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. And uh, she she doesn't tell everybody about this, I think, at first, but she is the wife of the leader of the last um, recon group to go in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so she goes in with this group. I think it's all women, right? It is all women. Yeah. uh, And it has this is this is how bad I am at being a movie commentator. It has that actress who's in Creed one and two. And she's real big right now. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. I've also got Um, um, um. Oh damn it! Uh, from from uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in there. Yeah, a couple that I don't know by name. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they go in. They go into uh, the anomaly, and all manner of just really trippy and weird stuff happens. It starts out being kind of like I think they see some plants that they've never seen before, mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman talks about like I think she studies them under a microscope and talks about how like cellular and molecular biology is just like not making the, like it doesn't fall in line with what happens in science and reality. Yeah, a lot of things that they're witnessing are not explainable by, by biological by, science. I mean, they, they yeah. encounter animals that, that, uh, you know, they're animal hybrids that, that, that can't, that, yeah. that, that wouldn't be able to breed together into this mutation. Yeah. Like the giant, um, I think that white crocodile or something. Yeah, it was a big white crocodile. Yeah, yeah. And then later there's a really great scene, the best scene in the oh, movie with, God, that, I with love that, that bear, the, the scariest the, yeah, bear yeah. in the world that instead of roars, yes. you hear the screams of people. The bear is made mm-hmm. up of, of 
of people it's killed and like oh god have you ever seen like a breakdown of that special effect without lighting and without like the everything to kind of no. obscure it no you should look it up it's amazing Ooh, like the skull to. the skull of the bear thingy is made of like just all this weird grotesque imagery like it's basically if like a nuclear bomb went off and like the blast melted a bunch of bodies together yeah yeah oh wow oh, god um Anyway, so I really loved the movie because I think this movie... Well, one, I love high-concept sci-fi. I would actually... This isn't hard sci-fi because hard sci-fi is usually... It's within the realms of explainable science and you kind of treat things um, as if this is how a work of fiction would, would you know, roll out under circumstances we understand. Right. Uh, and this movie is literally... I'd say it's sci-fi, um, but it, what it honestly feels well to me, to me, it was far more fantasy than it was science fiction. Yeah. Because this is this is way more like this is more Neverland or Oz yeah. or Narnia than it is anything else. But 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 they put that in a narrative of them trying to f- explain it and find out what it is. Yeah, science terminology to explain yeah. the the outlandish, fantastic, so I, nature I, of this. Place. I love this movie because this seemed the closest you could ever get to having like an avant-garde blockbuster film Mm. because the way that they like, they're not super interested in explaining and giving answers to things. And I'm usually the type of person that hates that, but the movie, like it basically told you that from the get go, like it, you weren't going in there to understand what was happening in there. As soon as it just started playing out and you're just seeing how these people are experiencing it, you kind of are just along for the ride. And this stuff that it does at the end and it like, it's just, it's, it was super confusing at first. And I actually went back and watched it again. Um, it's not there to, to, I don't know. It's not there to, to, to give you some kind of, you know, ribbon at the end. It's supposed to be kind of like what the hell just happened. Well, it, no, you're right. So I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the very first scene or the very first thing you see in this film is uh, Benedict Wong plays a character who's questioning Natalie Portman. Like, hey, what happened in there? And 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 part of her answer is, I don't know. And so from the very beginning, you you understand that I'm not going to know anything more than what Natalie Portman knows. And she doesn't know a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so, so you're right. Like, like through the film, there's always this undercurrent of there's going to be a lot in this that I'm not going to understand. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was super duper unique. I know it's written and based on a book series, but I've, I've read that Mm -hmm. they've changed enough about it. What they um, did, what what they did was Alex Garland decided instead of adapting the books, he was adapting the story as he remembered it. So, which is... Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just adapted it from memory, not 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 from like a breakdown of you know. Is that a method that I just don't know anything about? I, I don't know if whether it was cool laziness or whether he just decided like hmm. I don't want to be too close to the source material, but I don't want to deliberately make changes that you know just for the sake of being different from the source material. So why don't I at least start with the story as I remember it and just see what that looks like as a as a narrative? And he must have been yeah. happy enough mm-hmm. with it. Gotcha. Um, for me, like like th- this movie, um, this movie 
is not great. Like I didn't love it, um, but also didn't hate it. Um, but I also am warmer on it than like middle of the road. Um, so, so I'm in the upper category on this. Um, but, but I think, I think there's some, some problems. And I think, um, I've talked about this actually fairly recently on the show is rewatchability. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, I think this movie's not as rewatchable as, at least for me, as I would like my movies to be. Um, and I think part of that is the length of the film. I think, I think it's too long. Um, I think there's a, it's a slow burn. And I think there's a lot of kind of uh, lingering and atmospheric stuff that, um, while it certainly sets the mood, it certainly, it, it also doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily move the story forward. Um, and so, um, you know, there, there's a lot that, um, that I would probably do differently, um, than the way that it's done here. But at the end of the day, um, it's a good movie. Um, it, it shows, um, in an age where I think we're all kind of looking for and wondering what um, sort of next level sci-fi looks like or uh, wondering what a real um, a real strong female lead looks like. Um, I think that, that this kind of hits all the right buttons. Um, it's also um, – while it is that, it's also, I think, probably um, performed by the actors um, a little lazily. And I don't know if that was a stylistic choice um, or if that was just sort of like the mood on on set was like everybody was confused or like what was happening. But specifically, Jennifer Jason Lee from her first line, I did not buy her as a character whatsoever. Um, and so, so the whole thing feels a little stilted to me. It feels a little like, like people were either lazy or confused. Um, and, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of life, um, in some of the performances. Um, so, so, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, but just on, on, just in terms of like the actual visuals of it, the, the thought behind it, um, the concepts and, um, and like I said, the sort of the fantastic nature of this, which I certainly, like, I really loved that about it, um, is that from the beginning, I was like, this is like Oz to me. This is like an, a, a, a reimagining of Wizard of Oz, right? It's girl goes into this magic place and sees crazy things. Um, and so, and so to me, um, I loved that about it. Um, but at the same time, there's a few things that I've got to dock, like the performances or the pace or, um, at times even, even the tone just felt a little, um, a little too like dour for me. And, and I think especially when we're outside of, um, what do they call this? The The shimmer shimmer or shimmer, the shimmer, um, outside of the shimmer, I felt like there should have been, and maybe this is just me like, you know, putting Oz on top of it. You know, there's, there's a very clear stylistic change between the real world and the land of Oz, um, in that film. Um, I would have loved to have seen something similar here, um, where it's almost two different tones or, you know, just like a different cinematic language between what, what is real and what is in the shimmer. Um, and I, and I think that that would, would have maybe helped for me kind of separate it and, and feel like, 
Um, not that it didn't feel like there was tension, but but that when they go into the shimmer, it would have felt so drastically different that it, it, I think it would have really signaled like a, an onset of anxiety from the get go. Um, and so um, so all that said, like it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Like I said, there's some things I would do differently, but but um, at the end of the day, this is the this is like the upper echelon of science fiction from 2018. Um, this is. Um, really great um, uh, in terms of visual storytelling um, because that entire, there's like a whole sequence towards the end that's dialogue free. Um, it's literally just movement yeah. and, 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 and the visuals selling what's happening and there's a lot happening. Um, and, and I love that. Um, and then I, I got a lot of, and I really appreciated this, a lot of, um, like callbacks I thought to the thing um, John Carpenter's the thing um, you mentioned the bear scene that reminded me so much of when McCready has everyone's um, yeah uh, blood and he's testing it like that to me it felt so much like that scene um, where you know in the thing everyone's tied to the chair like um, it, it felt so similar to that um, and then and then down to the ending where um, uh, things aren't necessarily tied up very nice and neat. Um, that to me felt like it was pulled right from John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, so so I really enjoyed uh, quite a lot about this film. Um, but for me, like I, I would have to hang my hat and, and on, on the rewatchability, I just think that it's too long and too meandering for me to ever sit down and really invest in it again. Now, I might skip through to a few scenes here and there, but but to really sit through that whole film again, I, I think it's going to be a while before I do that. Um, so so for that reason, like I got to knock it down a little bit. Um, but 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 I enjoyed it. And, and so my recommendation would be um, it, this if you're paying for Hulu or Prime now um or prime video already like this is free basically um so so just just check it out when when you have some time to kill um there but if this is something that you're gonna have to make a a, a conscience a conscious effort to go to Redbox or go to the library or go buy it um i would say maybe wait um so so that would be my recommendation i think that this is one of those movies that like while I don't really recommend, like I, I, I docked at points because it was not an enjoyable watch for me, like mm. overall. Um, yeah, sure. There are definitely things I, I liked it. about it, um, and mm. but I, I gave it lots of points for for technical stuff. Like I, I liked the filmmaking style. Um, it was just a, it, key factors of of watching for me, which is rewatchability, investing in the characters, and pace. Um, those mm. were all low scores for me. I didn't really care what they were going for. Um, I was just too confused about what, what, what the, what the rules even were really of, of the, of the movie. But it is one of those mm. things where, like you said, if you already have a subscription to one of these services, it's a good movie to watch. If not just to expose yourself to, to a higher level of filmmaking than you might be used to. And, and, and just sort just to appreciate, uh, the creative choices made in here. Um, you know, especially if you can sort of get through um, the slower parts of it. It's sure. different yep. than a lot of stuff you've watched if you generally just watch broad, broader um, science fiction. 
Yeah. And I just to put my little last dollop on it. Um, I think like the last 15 minutes of that movie was probably one of the most like visually arresting uh, mm, things that yeah. I had seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's when you're watching it, there's a hell of a lot of confusion of what exactly is happening. So it, it, it it's just so weird. It feels like this bizarre fever dream. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, the end was just so like I was so confused and I was like, I was like, what what is happening? But just watching it was so compelling. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I loved it. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So you can find that on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Um, or, or God, I watched it. I got that one from their library, but that was before it was on these services. Damn it. It keeps happening <laughs> a lot. You, you got too eager. I know. I'm trying to be all current and stuff. I need to just do, do what I would normally do. That's, that's the trouble with this, with this show Dustin. Cause we talked about how, you know, the, the, we don't really feel the pressure and we, you and I literally had a conversation about this, like whatever, a year ago, where it was like. I just don't really feel feel or want to feel the pressure of having seen current things. Do you? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, it's just not. Yep. <laughs> and, right. Exactly. You know, like the, the idea that like we felt that at least that I, you know, at least speaking for myself at one point felt like, but what will we talk about? <laughs> the answer was uh, whatever we want, <laughs> whatever we watched. Right. Right. You know, right. I mean like, so the idea that a lot of the stuff that I paid money to check out is essentially free to me eight months later. It's like, Hey, mm-hmm. my, my advice to people listening is, um, take advantage of that. You know, like you don't have to watch this stuff as soon as it comes out. Um, and you don't have to, you know, a lot of times, even if you're spoiled, I mean, by the t- see, sometimes when I get spoiled on stuff, I forget what I got spoiled on by the time I sit down and watch the movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and especially if you're going to digest stuff like Annihilation, like, I mean, you know, part of me doesn't want to advise you against paying for it, but part of me just goes, hey, mm. but, you know, you're probably, you're probably tight with the wallet and you want to watch some stuff, but right, you don't right. want to spend 20 bucks on a movie that you might hate. So especially a movie like this where it's not the easiest film to sit through, um, mm. that's definitely the kind of film that you would watch on a streaming service. That's the whole point that they license them. To, to get the film to reach yeah. an audience that wouldn't have otherwise paid money to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, so while that, so while licensing is still a part of streaming, um, take advantage of it. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. That's going to do it. This was pretty much the Hooper cast double hour tonight. <laughs> um, but hell guys, we talked about a lot of stuff. We did. Yeah, we did. I was just so when you when you gave the list of things, I was so proud of myself. I was like, I've seen everything. I, I was proud of you too, Kellen. I was like, Yeah, good, <laughs> I know. Good, me too. Good, good on you, Kellen. We just kind of like, out. Those are things we want to talk about anyway. And, 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 and <laughs> I'm hip. <laughs> Kellen, like Dustin sent me the list, and I was like, Okay, I know Kellen's seen like three of these things. Oof. I wonder if he's seen Annihilation or yeah, and. So, <laughs> Kellen was so excited. I'm so proud. I sent a text specifically saying, I've seen all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, thank you, Kellen, for coming on. Tons of fun. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, uh, yeah, listen to the next episode. Um, yeah, that's going to be it. That's it for the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Um, have a good week, everybody. Get out and see some good movies. What comes out this weekend again? Uh, glass. glass. Okay, so maybe uh, maybe check out glass. I don't know if you want. Yeah. No pressure. 
Okay. Right. Good night, everybody. See you later. Come on.